He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. Have you ever had intrusive thoughts? Almost all of us have, right? Intrusive thoughts are these random things that pop into our minds that are pretty powerful and usually unwanted. They can be things like, what if I just ran my car off the road? They might be sexual thoughts that we wouldn't really entertain. <laughs> they could be negative self-talk statements like, I'm so stupid, nobody will ever love me. Intrusive thoughts aren't easy to get rid of and can sidetrack us from the things we'd like to do. They're distracting and can be disempowering. So what do we do about it? In today's podcast, I talk with Jackie Elliott, a certified life coach, who's also the author of an upcoming book on healing abusive brain chatter. Jackie's got a unique story on how she discovered what to do with this, and I hope you will find it useful and inspiring. Here's Jackie. So today I'm with Jackie Elliott, and she is the author of the upcoming book, Healing Abusive Brain Chatter, uh, which sounds super exciting to me. But can before we get to that, can you tell me about your before story? So what was it like growing up? What led up to today? Wow. Uh, my story, uh, I think, really started when I was about four or five, and uh, my mother attempted suicide. Um, and I remember her being wheeled away in an ambulance and, uh, that was like my first memory and it's very vivid. And I think that's probably when I noticed that I left my body and, um, as a result, you know, I, I, I learned behavior that would try to keep my mother alive. I learned to shut myself off. I stopped breathing. Uh, I had a really beautiful little childlike soul and it just, it got very dark. And so I think that was really where my journey began. And as a result, I started carrying with me these beliefs that, that, you know, I was no good or that I had to be quiet. I didn't deserve to take space in the room. Uh, I also learned from my mother that the most important thing in life is to find a man. And so she was consequently always trying to fix me up. I, I didn't fit the norm of my other three sisters. I was more of a, I would say, I don't know, tomboy or just a, a free thinker. And um, she was always trying to fix me. So I grew up with the message that I was broken. And as a result, I made decisions about my life based on those beliefs and not having any kind of inner inner uh, belief any inner inner loving wisdom that i was able to tap into so when i was uh, about 42 i had gone through a marriage uh which 
completely makes sense. I, I was broken. So I picked somebody else who was broken. And we did a dance for 15 years where we divorced and got back together. And I kept thinking that if I only could make him be who I need him to be, I would be fixed. I was always looking out there to be fixed. And then at about age 42, I really got in touch with this thing that I call abusive brain chatter. And I realized one day that I was listening to some really negative talk really bad things about myself. And I was single. I was laying in bed. I had my asthma inhaler in one hand and I had the TV remote on because I was a binge watcher and a binge eater. So I had a box of cereal in my lap and it was just my aha moment, I call it. It was the moment that I said to myself, do you want to live the next 42 years like you're living that like you've lived the last 42 years and the answer was no i i didn't and so i knew i had to change but the problem was is i, I always say this and i say this in my book you can't change your brain with your brain i mean my brain was telling me one thing i needed to find a source higher than myself and that kind of set me on my spiritual journey. That day, I just, I got to my knees. It felt like I was being lifted. And I said, you know, I, I can't do this. Tell me what to do. What's my next step? I am ready to be guided. And so I, at that time, that's when I really sought help. And when I really worked, uh, you know, I'd been in counseling for most of my life but always as a victim, always as a person who look what my mother did to me, look what my family did to me. I'm so weak. Am I ever going to get better? Tell me what to do. That, that day in June, when I hit my knees, it, everything shifted. And it was more like, I need to do something. I need to do something, but I can't do it because I don't possess the skills. I need guidance. And it was really very, very powerful. And as a result of that, I started working less, but working better. You know, I used to work 60 hours a week to prove to people that I was worth 40 hours of pay. It's like, I always had to be the first one there and the last one there because I wanted people to think I was really worthy of the paltry pay that I was getting. And just never in my mind imagining that I could even make any more money to support myself. And it was like, at that moment, everything changed. Everything was now about nourishing me, nourishing my soul. Who am I? Who do I want to be? Who do, how do I show up in the world? And that really, you know, I, I call that like a spiritual awakening or a spiritual journey. And, you know, it wasn't religious, but it was very spiritual. And the last 29 years, I've just been guided every step of the way. And when it gets tough, I have learned a different language to, to speak to myself. I don't say, oh, you're so weak. You're never going to do it. You're never going to make it. You're not worthy of making more money. I say, hmm, how? How can I do it? And I think that's the big shift in my life is not being a victim anymore and tapping in uh, and, and being present. When you went down on your knees, who were you talking to? I didn't know. Um, I was talking to something, I guess, you know, I would call it God, a God. 
Um, I, I, I grew up in a, a Jewish household, but not a particularly religious household. So the understanding of God, I, did, I didn't really understand God, but I knew instinctively that there was a power greater than myself. I knew that. And that's who I spoke to. I spoke to that, you know, wh whoever you are, wherever you are, you know, I'm listening. I'm finally listening. You know, when I was a child, I would pray to God, you know, when things would happen and, uh, you know, but I, I didn't know what God looked like. And I didn't know, you know, I, I didn't think God was a piggy bank, but, you know, and, and, and I still don't, I still don't think I, I get to ask for this and then cha-ching, you know, I pull the lever and it comes out. Um, my spirituality really was about listening, opening up and being open to hearing. And that's, that's what I call, I, I call it God, higher power, loving source, you know, whatever anybody wants to call it. I'm a spiritual coach. And I have a lot of people who come to me because they've been in a religion that didn't sit well with them. And they thought that that was the God that they had to believe. If they were going to be spiritual, they had to believe in a punishing God. And my job is to take them on a journey to find what it is that speaks to their soul, to help them tune into the rate, the station that they can download. And, you know, that's how, I, that's how I live my life now. I, you know, I meditate, I, 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 I get the downloads. I think it's interesting that you said that you had been in counseling most of your life and, and the profession of counseling is supposed to help people in situations like yours. Why do you feel like it failed you? What did you not get? Uh, well, you know, it, it, it didn't, it didn't exactly fail me because um, I was so broken that it, kept me running <laughs> you know it kept me alive um but what I didn't get was like I said you know I I just really notice and I see this in my clients that if if you have abusive brain chatter which I did um there you know the the antidote is a kinder loving voice mm. And unless I had a therapist with me every morning when I woke up to say, Jackie, you're so good. You're, you're, this is what you should be doing. You're a loving person. Go out in the world today. You know, by Tuesday, if I went to the therapist on Monday, by Tuesday or Wednesday, this guy was chattering again. And so I would build a little momentum, but not until I really got in touch with that it is my abusive brain chatter that's holding me back. And that's where I have to start. And a therapist can't be that kind, loving voice for me. It, I have to be able to sustain it on a daily basis. I have to be able to find that kind and loving voice. And so I think that's, you know, it, it, I think therapy is good in some respects for trauma, but I love what I do in terms of life coaching a little bit more because it's about architecture. It's about, okay, now, how do you want to move forward in your life? Let's talk about, you know, you've got all this history. You've got all this past. Now, how do you move past where you are now, this week? You know, what are you going to do this week to move yourself a little bit closer to who you are? So and then that, I take them on. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Is that uh, your ABC process? So my ABC process, and I simplify it. And I, you know, I hope listeners know that it's it's just a simplistic form. 
but the ABCs are a way that I, I, I remember now. It's a device I use in my daily, daily life, which is aware. Be aware of what my brain is telling me. Be aware uh, if it's negative or if it's positive. I mean, we have chatter that's positive too, but be aware of what it's telling me. And that awareness also comes with becoming aware of what the signs of emotional abuse are. That for me was a game changer. When I, you know, I was in a sort of an emotional abusive relationship and I could always point to him, but I could never point to myself and say, wow, you know, you're belittling yourself. You're bullying yourself. You're gaslighting yourself. You're isolating all those things that we equate with an emotional abuser once I became aware that I was doing it, well, then suddenly it became intolerable. You know, it's like I left my abuser and I brought, and I took my own abuser with me. And then I had to do the work for the next 10 years to change that dialogue. So that's the first step, awareness. And the second step is this, this spiritual piece, which is believe. So in that respect, um, you have to learn to believe in a kinder, gentler self and a kinder, gentler source. If it's, you know, some of my clients, Mother Earth, Gaia, Buddha, Jesus, whatever it is, I always say, you know, you have to find a belief, but if it's negative, if there's anything negative in it, keep looking. You know, like Star Wars said, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Well, this isn't the belief that's gonna take you out of abusive brain chatter. The source that we want to tap into is the loving God, the loving, I, I, I'm okay calling it God. Um, I'm just going to turn off my uh, email program here. And um, the source, you know, I, I'm okay calling it God, but it shifts, it shape shifts for me. And it's whatever I need in the moment. Maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's a spirit animal. Maybe it's a, a you know, a higher source, an angel, maybe it's a white light. It doesn't matter. Whatever is you can bring into yourself to calm that, that chatter, to believe that, no, it's it, you, you don't talk to yourself that way, that there is a, you are beautiful. You are a soul. Um, part of the work I do also is I take people on a journey to find their soul and and for me, that journey took me back to when I was four years old. You know, I, I, I just kind of, in my meditation, I go back. And, and when I found the light, where was the light? Where did I leave the last see the light of Jackie? It was when I was four years old. Obviously, when that trauma happened, I shut down. And that light just kind of went inside. And so then I was able to... Uh, find that light, find myself, wrap it up in an image, you know, in a little baby blanket or a, a, a velvet blanket or silk or whatever. And I was able to bring it back to today, bring it back to the present while um, joined with what I call spirit. And we were both able to look at this soul and say, now, what is the soul's purpose? Let's, let's cut out those last, you know, 60 something years. What were you brought to the earth to do? What is your soul's purpose? And then once I discovered that, 
I realized that now every decision I make in my life has to be about protecting and honoring my soul. So it changed my life in the respect that I no longer got to be angry at people or non-forgiving because that just diminishes my soul. My soul is a loving, happy, joyful, you know, playful spirit. And that's who I was when I was a small child, you know, a little blonde girl with the rosy cheeks who loved to make perfume and loved to dance and loved to twirl. That's who I am inside. That's the the me I get to bring back to me. And so any decision I have, any decision I make, whether it's to talk to myself nasty, I have to say, does that does that strengthen or degrade my soul? You know, what what you know, I, I just had to change the belief about what was nourishing for me. No longer was negative talk nourishing for me. What was nourishing was nourishing the, the real little soul. So that is the B part. And the C part is challenging your core beliefs. And core beliefs are these things that we were handed that, you know, my belief from my mother was you had to have a man to be good enough. My belief was that my core belief is I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't deserving of love. I didn't count enough in my family. I had to be uh, quiet to be loved. I had to be an angel to keep my mother alive. I had to, you know, all of these core beliefs that then started working in my life. I was weak. Obviously, I had severe asthma. I could no longer breathe. I mean, it just makes sense, right? Mm. I just couldn't breathe. And I, you know, the, the belief that I was weak as a result of that, I couldn't exercise. I wasn't as strong as my sisters. I couldn't make as much money. Those were all core beliefs that in the process, I got to examine one by one. And the way I do it and the way I suggest people do it is to listen to that voice and hear it and say, okay, how old are you? Where did that belief come from? Okay, now let's challenge that. So for example, I believe that I couldn't be, I was weak and I couldn't make more money. Well, I had to chat, where did that come from? Well, that came from me feel, you know, being, having asthma, being treated like a little weakling, being supported by my mother and my parents and never really having to stand on my own two feet. So the, the question was, is that really true? Am I very different from everybody else, from my sisters who were making six figures? Am I very different from them? No, I only believed that I was different. So now I have to start challenging that. And I did that by setting small goals. Okay, how much do you want to make this year? And, how, and it's not just about money, it, but it's the idea. It, you know, I was a single mother, so of course I needed to make money, but I was living in a uh, deprivation mindset. And that's what challenging my core belief did. And the same with exercise. I thought my sister had some magic pill that made her, you know, a wonderful person who exercised every day. Well, I had to challenge that and I signed up for a triathlon. I, granted, it was really way out of my league. I'd never done anything like that. And I did come in last, proud to say, you know, they they waited for me as I came through the thing. But I did it to just say to myself, no, that's not true. You can do a triathlon if you want. 
you just have to change your expectations and you just have to set smaller goals. So the goal for me was finish. It didn't matter how I finished, but the goal for me then became finish. So I did that in all areas of my life. I started to challenge everything I, I say to myself and I start saying, really, really, is that true? You know, I've always wanted to write a book. Mm, yeah, no, you, you, you'll never finish it. That was the big one. You're an imposter. You'll never finish it. I had, I had to work with that thought, you know, even now. I have to do my ABCs going, okay, what, what am I saying to myself when I sit down at the, the computer writing this book? What do I, what am I saying to myself? Well, is that true? No, no, that's not true. It's just, it's just a voice holding me back. What is the truth is that I'm like everybody else. I have the same skill. The difference is, is that I have to quiet my chatter before I can move forward. I know that's a lot to take in. <laughs> so it's it's one thing to get started. It's quite another to to keep going. What was your biggest challenge in keeping going? I think overcoming that thought that I was uh, that that kept popping in um, those beliefs that told me that I was uh, like very different from other people. Other people were special, and I wasn't. So every day is the same struggle, basically. It, it you know it became easier and easier, but the I think the biggest thing that holds a lot of people back is that thinking that there's some magic bullet, and that I think is what held me back the most, and that is my struggle almost on a daily basis. Um, it's I t I have to write, I have to journal when I start chattering, I have to write because I have to remember that the difference between me and other people who succeed is they keep going in the face of that chatter. Mm -hmm. They challenge it and they keep going. Mm -hmm. There's no magic to exercising. You know, people who do yoga or exercise or do marathons, the magic is, is they get up, they put their tennis shoes on and they go out for a run and they push themselves. There's no magic to somebody writing a book. They sat down at their computer every day and had to write or every week or whatever. The difference was I was a quitter. Yeah. I believed that, you know, oh, I'm, I'm a quitter. I, you know, no, I'm never going to be like them. I put other people outside of myself. Once I started stepping in and getting the download, um, then it became a lot easier. So what I do on a daily basis, I think is what you're asking is, is I, I get a download. If I'm overwhelmed, I jump into a hot bath and I just like oh, wait for the download. And the download is usually, oh, I have an idea for that chapter or, oh, you know, have you gone to Pilates lately? Why don't you make an appointment for Pilates? The download is always um, in about that little soul about nurturing that little soul exercise writing gratitude lists gratitude has been a huge part of my life because as a victim uh, you're not living in gratitude if you're if you're feeling like oh poor pitiful me which i'm not criticizing because like i said i lived 42 years of my life poor pitiful me um but what it what it says to me is that i'm not 
being grateful to all the gifts that I'm given. And it's like a, it's like shutting off the source, you know, the source of the download. It's, it's saying, you're not giving me what I want. I'm shutting you out. And I'm just going to now, you know, bemoan and be in my own self-pity. What really honors the source and keeps those, um, those, those lines open is gratitude. Wow. Thank you for all I have today. You know, my husband came through that surgery beautifully. I have a wonderful cat. I have a wonderful life. I have a home in Mexico. I have children who are doing well every day. That is how I open the gates. I start with gratitude and then I, I get a download of, okay, now where do I need to turn my attention? And in terms of the world, when we come from that place of how do I give back to the world, we're, we do more random acts of kindness, we, we pass it on, it makes the world a better place, it creates the energy, it's, um, it's just an important part of giving back to whatever we're, whatever we're being given. And you're also a relationship coach. And what's important about relationships that you would like for people to know? Yeah, I think what I've learned about relationship uh, through through coaching and through my own growth in, in relationships, I have a very uh, loving and communicative husband and um, I'm really blessed to uh, to now have that in my life. But I think that goes back to what I was saying about um, uh, loving who you are, understanding who you are, and um, setting boundaries. Boundaries are one of the things that when people come to me, it's usually about boundaries. They can't tell their mate, they can't set a boundary. They're feeling put upon. They don't know how to communicate in a nice way, so they shut down. They're codependent because they value the other person more. Their per the, the other person becomes their sense of survival. Uh, so it's really important to do your own work. I, I was single for 10 years after my marriage. I just knew that I couldn't do that again. I couldn't attract anyone while I was still carrying all of that that baggage. So in relationships, it's really important to be uh, be right with whatever source you, whatever you want to call your source. And um, I personally, when I was single, I remember <clears throat> going to a retreat and a woman gave me this beautiful poem or prose or something. And it said, it, the, the theme of it was, look, don't stress. There's somebody out there for you. Make your relationship right with God, with me. And I'll be working on making my re uh, relationship with your soulmate. And when you're ready and they're ready, I'll bring you two together. So your job in the meantime is to just continue to grow. And that really resonated with me. It was like, suddenly I felt like, yeah, that's waiting for me at the end. I, I believe that, that the, the universe, the power, <clears throat> whatever it is, <clears throat> excuse me, will bring me who I'm meant to have. And 
the irony of it is that when I did meet my husband, there was so much synchronicity that there was no doubt that I was, that I didn't choose this person, this, that, that whatever forces brought us together, because first of all, I wouldn't have chosen a man like him. He's very different from the men I, I, I dated and, and yet just everything from his name was the same name as my son and my best friend. I mean, all kinds of synchronicity started to happen. And um, that's what I tell people. Hey, let's do your work, figure out who you are. But importantly, look towards a relationship as, as what, you, what you want from the relationship, not pick me, pick me. You know what I mean? If you're right, if you're really right with yourself, then it's like, oh, does this person fit? But if you're like the wallflower going, pick me, pick me, and anybody comes along, you know, I always say I, I took my husband hostage rather than <laughs> because it was like, oh, he fit what I thought I needed. So I I pulled him in and made him my hostage. And that that, that never works works well. So come from a full cup. Take your time that there, that person's out there when your cup is full, you know, there's just room there. There's even more room to overflow and then bring in what you need. Yeah, I love that. And totally agree. Totally agree. So how do people get in touch with you, Jackie? Well, my website is healingabc.com. Uh, and, and I have retreats that I, I put on. I have a free Zoom Motivation Monday if people want out the first Monday of the month. And I have a uh, actually a really interesting Zoom program on aging because talk about chatter during aging. So it's a summit with five professionals on aging, how to age gracefully, how to find your life purpose, you know, all kinds of questions you might need to ask or know about aging so that you really embrace that part of your life with the same um beauty and and spirit that you um that you want to live in as you as you leave the world awesome thank you so much for sharing and being here well thank you i really appreciate it cool um i'm not sure when this is going to post probably <laughs> within by the end of october Okay, great. I'll send you an update as soon as I plot it in my calendar and, and I'll know in a couple of days. Okay, good. Wonderful. Well, I'm I'm really nice to meet you. What what is it that you do? Tell me. Just do you have a second? Um, I am a trauma therapist. Actually, you know what? <laughs> um, if there's something you would like to let go of, I'm a trauma therapist and I would love to give you that gift. Oh, that's so sweet. You know, I've I've done my trauma work, but I I would love to, I'd love your contact because I do have clients who have trauma work and I don't, uh, I don't work with, with trauma. Oh, okay. But, okay. Yeah. What is, what is it that you, you, that you do? Are you a therapist or are you a guide? Um, I am a, a therapist, a coach. I do uh, retreats and um, tours as well. And I have a private community for people who are just looking for a safe place to be so that they can do their own work. So I do lots of different things that that focuses on building community and safe spaces for people to blossom into who they are. Wow, that sounds similar to what I'm doing, but it is uh, very similar to what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where are you? 
In Virginia. In Virginia. And where do you hold your retreats? Uh, our next one is going to Cornwall. And then next year, we also have one to Greece. Oh, so you you do big traveling retreats. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow, that's uh, wonderful. Well, you know what? Definitely, um, I'll send me a link to your website and um, the the few trauma clients I have. Okay. I would love to share that. Okay, awesome. Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we connected. <laughs> yeah, me too. Take right. care. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive. Please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.